I know you. You are afraid to speak up. You are scared of what other people think of you. And you blame yourself for what happened to you. I know how it feels because I've been there. If you found me, I'm so grateful you are here. This podcast will give you hope. And I'm your host, Anna Maidanova. And I'm going to hold your hand and provide the guidance. It's time for you to find your why and turn your experience into your biggest power. This is your time now. So lock your door, put your headphones in and enjoy. Chris Doris, welcome to the world's best trauma recovery podcast. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for the invitation. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you too, sir. Hey, do you know what's a day today? No. Today is the best ah, damn day yeah. of my life. <laughs> For my listeners. Oh, I whiffed on that one. <laughs> I was trying to oh, I love it. That's so awesome. Was... That's so great. I wore I wore this one for you. <laughs> the problem is the gift. This is perfect. Did you see my post? Yes, I did. I knew it. <laughs> it is. Chris, tell me where this best damn day of my life came from. You know, that's a good question. Actually, I'm not sure the origination. I think I just said it one day when someone asked me, this is about two years ago. Someone said, how are you doing? And I said, you know what? This is the best damn day of my life. And they said, why? And I said, why not? And ever since then, I have been practicing this ritual every single, I haven't missed, I've missed zero days in two years now where every day I wake up and on my bathroom mirror in dry erase marker is, is that what's on your shirt? It's hashtag BDDOML. So it is my reminder to actually make a decision. So this is a real ritual. So, and it doesn't take long. Some days it takes a little longer than others, but what I do is I actually make a decision that as of this moment, it's the best damn day of my life. And, and, and I mean it. Like it's not kumbaya, fluffy, bullshit affirmation, foof. It's like work. I'm doing the real. I'm saying, you know what? I am declaring this is the best day of my life. I'm not waiting to see how things go in order for that to be true. There's another mantra, create the state, don't wait. So what I'm doing is not waiting for anything great to happen in order for me to create the state that accompanies the belief that this, wow, this, this is it. Oh my God, today, holy crap. This is the best, like how good do I feel right now just even acting this out for you? I'm having it be true, you know? And then my whole, my whole vibe has just elevated tremendously. And then I affect the world in a profoundly different way. And that's when the most likely, like the greatest likelihood of great things happening. You know what? So that's yeah, you inspired me. I started to call every single day my best, my, my best day in my life and it's like a manifesting you are creating your own day you are creating your own life and then you know what happened everything just started to confirm that today is the best day of my life today is the best day ever 
you know, I'll, I'll admit, uh, I'll, I'll take complete ownership that some days that's not very simple. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, like, especially if something like huge happens. Now, my mother passed away uh, about 18 months ago. But uh, and like, yeah, maybe I did miss a day. Maybe I didn't make the declaration because I got a notification in the middle of the night. Maybe I didn't get up that morning and say this is the best. Maybe I missed a day, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> but I'll tell you what. Yeah, there are days where it takes some work, even if like, you just I wake up and I had like really weird, shitty dreams or something. I'm in a funk, you know. It takes a little bit more work for me to clear my head, flush that and go, all right, no, let's have, let's create enthusiasm. Let's have today be the best day. And then let's go into this, the, this day with that state. Love it. Other days, it's very easy. Love it. But it's part of the work. It's part of the work. Exactly. Right. It's the work that we get to do to govern our states, to govern our minds, which then influences how we show up in life and what goes on for us. Love it. Amen, brother. Tris, first time I've heard about you when I was watching a video with uh, Steve Hardison on YouTube, which is the only video exi uh, existed mm -hmm. at those point with Steve Hardison, with our Enigma, <laughs> where he was showing how he was coaching uh, Dusletui. Uh, and the video uh, is the best offensive lineman in the NFL, uh, which is uh, B-O-L-E-T. T-B-O-L-I-T. 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 I've only said that a million times. I've practiced, but I didn't get it. And you were on the stage pretending that you are the statue. How does it feel to be this guy on the stage with Chris or with Steve Hardison? Intense. Uh, Steve, Steve's an intense dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, he really got into character there. He kicked my ass. <laughs> Did you feel this energy? It was a, now, okay, so there's a lot of things going on. First of all, it was a privilege. Hmm. It really was. You know, I was working. Coach, Steve was my coach at that time. Okay. And, and it was really, I mean, the whole story is such a huge lesson. It's a huge lesson. It's a completely changed my life. You know, talk about create the state, don't wait. It's another state, state of infinite commitment. You know, that's what that whole event was about. The best, being the best, best, whatever. You can feel the best like you. This is the world's best, you know, trauma recovery. The world's best life optimization coach is you, you know, um, it's about, choosing to be the best, not waiting for acknowledgement. And that's what that whole event was about. So it was, so it was a total honor, first of all, for me to be there, uh, to be included in the, um, some of the organization of that event, and then to be invited up on stage to do the reenactment of a, of a really profound scene where Steve had asked at one point during a coaching, so maybe the very first coaching session that he ever had with Deuce Latui, who, for those of you who don't know, uh, at the time, Deuce Latui was an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals football team. Big, big dude. Yeah. Uh, he's tiny. Physically, physically and actually in general. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he's like 6'5", 350 or something like that. I don't know, just huge, right? He's a lineman from the National Football League. So anyway, the, you know, the, the, the deal was that Steven asked him during a coaching session, Deuce, who do you think is the best lineman in the entire league? And Deuce reflected on it. And while, like after maybe two seconds of reflection, Steve said, okay, thanks. Got it. And, and Deuce said, I, I, didn't, I didn't answer yet. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you did. So then Steve, you know, they do a role reversal. And Steve asked Deuce, say, you be me. You be me and ask me what I just asked you. So you be Steve, the coach, and Deuce, I'll be you, the football player. Now, so go ahead and ask me that. So Deuce says to Steve, he says, hey, Deuce, there's <laughs> a role reversed. He says, who do you think's the best offensive lineman in the entire – and then that's as far as he got. And Steve grabs him by his shirt and starts shake, shaking him. Oh, my God. I'm the best in the league. And he starts walking around and doing this, you know, Maori dance or something. And like, and Deuce is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So Steve, Steve did that. And we did that reenactment. And I didn't, he almost threw me off the stage. My whole chair went back. You know, it's really funny. I don't know if you know this. I was wearing a Deuce Latouille jersey mm-hmm. over top over top of a button-down shirt, which happened to be my favorite shirt at the time. It was a Greg Norman button-down. So anyway, Steve, when he grabbed me to shake me, he says, I am. I'm the best. He had ripped my shirt. Oh, no. I had, yeah, but this is, this is so funny. It was literally a double Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. I'm not kidding. So I, after this, I'm telling you, after the skit's over, I go back in the audience and I take the jersey off to give it back to you know his his, his son or his daughter, whoever loaned it to me, and they're like, "Put that back on. Put that back on." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I had to wear the damn jersey for the rest of the day. <laughs> that was intense. That was actually a DNA altering video. I will put the link to this video in the chat uh, in below the podcast. So, yeah, you know, I'll send you the all in since that event. It's neat that you brought that up. Inspired that event, inspired me to create the second best thing I've ever created as far as content goes in my life to this date. And that was 11 years ago. It's my all in audio program. After I came back from that event, I was so inspired. Yeah, that I decided to create it. And like, I was so captivated with how powerful we are when we are absolutely Mm -hmm. all in or infinitely committed to something. Because when we are that committed, the possibility of failure actually doesn't exist in our field of consciousness. Like, like failure is not on the radar. That's amazing. It's a state. Right. And I realized that that state is an option. Like we actually have it available to us at all times. And the action that we take, who we be when we're infinitely committed is just like exponentially more powerful than when we're trying or shooting for a goal, you know? So, so I'll send you, uh, I created this audio program. It's really kind of wild about a month after that event. Cause I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And I woke up and it was Christmas Eve morning. 
So it was exactly like two months after the event. And I woke up and I just got my recording. I just got a microphone or something, you know, and, and just made some notes and then crushed it. Just I, one take. It's like 10 different clips. It's about 50, it's exactly 59 minutes long total. And there was no editing other than like the beginnings and the ends. There was no editing in the middle because there's no mess. Up. I was in the zone. It was in, I was all in. I was all in on creating the all in audio. So I will send you the link so we can include that here for your audience. So get a free download. Perfect. And for my audience, I really highly recommend to jump in and listen to this recording because that's where Chris is sharing his secrets of success, secrets of mental toughness and how he came to this point where he is now thanks chris thanks so much for sharing hey mental toughness coach and i know it's been a long way for you but what are some of the challenges you had to overcome to be in this position today chris a lot uh and we can pick whatever you want you know, I had learned, grow, I grew up in a family where, you know, my dad had passed away at a very early age. He was only in his early 40s and I was nine. And we became very poor after he passed away. We had really no, virtually no income. My mom had to work her ass off and just do like, you know, small jobs, odd jobs. And she really did work her butt off. But we were, we were pretty poor. And there was a lot of scarcity thinking, like a lot of fear a lot of, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. A lot of that can't afford that. Like just scarcity and anxiety. So I learned a lot of limiting beliefs about uh, money in particular. And, and I'm still, I'm still fixing myself on that. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it took a lot. It took a very, very long time for me to really start making money in my career because I have weird beliefs. You know, that money, just limiting beliefs about money and how hard it is to get. What was your most strongest one, belief? About money? Yeah. That there's, that it's, it's really hard to get. Yeah, that it's, I, th- I think that's it. Really hard to get. Yeah. That it's, um, it's really hard to get. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, you know, it's funny because these lessons come from all different sources. I mean, I went to graduate school in psychology, right, For, to a counseling school. And embedded within the conversations that went on is, you know, you're going to do really nice. You're going to be very meaningful work, very meaningful work, but you're not going to get rich. Bye. You know, so so that's a big one. But, I, you know, I, I would say the, the well, another one is uh, is abuse. You know, after my father died, I was um, I had a sort of a father figure who was, as soon as I say this, you're going to know exactly, everyone's going to know exactly where I'm going with this. He was a Catholic priest. Yes. So what you're guessing. Uh, and he was, he was just a really great role model. This is going to, this is confusing for a lot of people. So if we want to unpack this, we totally can. He was a really powerful role model for many years. He became like a second father. And, um, but, but then years later, after I got it, I don't remember the exact ages, but when I was like in the, my teens, like early teens is when sexual abuse started occurring. And it was very confusing because this is a human being that I was so safe with. 
that I loved tremendously, taught me spirituality. I mean, my life, now here's the part that a lot of people can't hear. My life is in large part as great as it is because of many lessons that I learned from that man, which I've kept, right? You know, um, but wow, that, that became so, so I find out when I'm 10 that I'm adopted. I didn't, I didn't know until I was 10 after my dad had died. So that was, that was not a good, that was stupid of them. My parents, my parents messed that up. So I have a bit of an identity crisis because I'm like at 10 years old, I'm going, wait a minute. You're okay. He wasn't my dad and you're not my mom. So who the fuck am I? So that was a big deal. Interestingly, the, uh, the priest, he, uh, he helped me through that. He really coached me up. You know, he spent a lot of time with me, you know, feeding my soul, right? Having me choose confidence and self-love. He turned me on to consciousness and spirituality. I have a book sitting right over there called The Mustard Seed, which was a book that was written by a guy who goes by the name Osho now. O-S-H-O, Osho. But, but his, that's, that wasn't his name back then. His name was Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Heavy book. Like, it's heavy stuff. And he gave it to me when I was 13. You know, so he, he, you know, he told me meditation, too. He would take me to a boardwalk uh, down the Jersey Shore and told me to sit there with my eyes closed for an hour and clear my mind. He taught me transcendental meditation. Told me a lot of good stuff. Taught me to be my own boss. But then, then the bad shit started. Then the abuse started. It was very, very confusing because I, because I'm like, am I, this is unpleasant. It's very, very, I hate it, but maybe I'm missing something because it's, uh, maybe I'm just not getting the, the, the master disciple relationship. That's how fucked up it was. So, so, you know, that was, that was a tough, that was a tough road. That was a, that was a, quite a long road of healing after that because so he got busted i apparently i was not the only one i was not the only victim right and um, you know it was so weird because he was a very popular he was a super popular guy he was um he was a uh (laughs) he was a theology teacher at my high school he was a very popular uh teacher everyone loved him you know, and um, he was like, he was the priest that everybody would pick to, you know, to do their marriage ceremonies because he was cool. Or so everyone thought, you know, they didn't know about the dark side, but some, see, he, he, he abused one kid and I don't even know who it is, but the, that, that, that kid outed him. And so this is like 1985 ish. So this is like, you know, way before all the Catholic priests, you know, ultra boy abuse shit, you know, got um, exposed. So he was like an early one. And what happened was they just, uh, the the church just sent him away. He never got charged with anything. He was just sent to some, to Canada to go to some retreat center or some, who knows. You know, and he, he, only, he ended up coming back, which was really weird. He didn't come back to the same parish. He came back to the same area, came back to the same state. I, you know, I have no idea what kind of accountability he ever had. 
but uh, but anyway, it was weird for me because so I was just so confused. I was actually angry at the kid who I didn't know who it was for getting him in trouble. That's how screwed up I was. Because we conditioned, yeah. yeah. So that was um, a long road of severe confusion, identity crisis, humiliation, you know, and, re- and recovery, healing. A lot of, he- I worked with a lot of healers and I, I was able to forgive him to his face, which was, which was great for me. I don't think he could really hear it. I think he just was in a funk, you know, I don't care. I forgave him for me. I said, thanks for all the good lessons. I'll take it from here. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for being so open and honest. Yeah, I really my, appreciate you know, it. I'm, I'm, very, I'm comfortable uh, discussing because, this now. Because I've done, un, there's nothing I've worked on in my life harder than that. So I can talk about it now. You know, it, it's again, you know, it, <laughs> The problem, this needs an asterisk. The problem is the gift, asterisk, if you'll have it be the gift. Right? So uh, if you do the work to have it be a gift, if you you do the work to be able to create from. So there's another mantra, which is every set of circumstances can be created from if viewed masterfully. I couldn't view this experience that's happened. It went over years. It was for years. It wasn't like an event. It was years of sexual abuse. So, uh, yeah, so the, I was not looking at this. This was not a gift, but it is now. It is now. I'm 54. I, you know, I, I would say the real healing occurred in my 30s with the help of an amazing master, who's a dear friend of mine, colleague, and bestie, Dr. Allison Arnold. She's not the only one. I mean, I, I've worked with therapists in college. I worked with uh, healers, different healers, you know, uh, some funky ones, <laughs> some ones that, you know, taught me really <laughs> wild things, like, like this beautiful lesson called uh, radical acceptance, radical acceptance which is spectacular. It's like radically accepting yourself as you are radically accepting all of the darkness that, you know, comes with being victimized, not just being cool with it, radically accepting everything that's going on in your past and then doing the work in order to be able to create from it. So that's really the big thing, right? The problem is the gift. If you'll do the work to find a way to create something excellent. And here we are, here we are right now, you and I, You have created a platform through which I am able to serve now. I get to utilize, I'm utilizing the truth, right? My truth in order to serve. So now it's a gift. My problem is now a gift that I get to share. Because you understand people. Because you know what they've gone through. Because you, you know how painful it is. You've been there. And you've gone through this. Yeah, it's dark. Chris, what are some benefits of healing that you, you felt, that you found? Yeah. From sexual abuse. God, you know, I watch these shows. It's, it gets so heartbroken. There's a lot of shows now, you know, on the, the whole Catholic priest thing. 
obviously huge. It's a huge problem. And there's people that are my age that haven't done the healing work that are, that are just in misery, misery, can't handle relationships. You know, they're just addicted to everything, you know, for medication, medicating the pain because they haven't done the work. They don't know how to do the work. They may not know that there's work to be done. So uh, yeah, that breaks my heart. I'm sorry. What was the, <laughs> I forget the question. Oh, yeah. Right. What are okay, some of you. the benefits? Yeah, well, from being healing. able to experience life, the beauty of life again, right? The ability to experience reality as it is. My belief is that reality is perfect. What and that, so that's not a variable. That doesn't that doesn't change. That doesn't modify. That doesn't fluctuate. That's a lock. It's a constant. I studied astrophysics for a while and and came to the discovery through that experience, phenomenal studies, that we exist in a, in a universe that is flawless, like genuinely flawless, flawless. Been unfolding for 15 billion years with flawless choreography. So that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> the odds of any of us happening, like as close to zero without it being zero. Zero. <laughs> right? There's a guy that did the math. Uh, some guy from Harvard, Ali Benazer. You, if anybody wants to Google that, it's really cool. Just Google Ali, A-L-I is his first name, last name B-I-N-A-Z-I-R. Just put Ali Benazer, what are the odds? And you'll get a PDF. It's cool. He, he did the math on the odds of us. It's really fun to look at. And uh, the bottom line, Anna, is that like the, the number of particles in the cosmos is – um, like estimated to be one or 10, sorry, 10 to the 80th power, 10 with 80 zeros after it. That's a big ass number, but it's actually a very tiny number compared to the odds of you. The odds of you occurring, any one of us occurring precisely as we are, is actually we are a one in 10 to the 2.7 millionth power. That's 10 with 2.7 million zeros after it. it, it it's as close. Right. It's like close. It basically is impossible, right? So we mm -hmm. got into the impossible party. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> without the healing, I couldn't appreciate that. You know, without having done the work, I would just be a victim. So I was victimized, but I am not a victim. I was until I did the work. So now, now that I learned that it's possible to be victimized and not be a victim, I am free. I'm free from some of that conditioning of my past. I would have me be poor me. Can't believe this shit happened to me. Why is this going to happen to me? This is unfair. First, I'm, you know, I don't even, I get abandoned by my bio family. Then my adoptive dad you know, dies when I'm nine. And then this priest starts molesting me. What the fuck? That's an easy road to go down. It's easy to stuck in this, in this mindset. Exactly. To be a yeah. victim. Right. And when I'm in that mentality, I am not free to experience and co-create with the magic that the universe is. So freeing ourselves from the conditioning of our past so I can experience reality as it is, which is spectacular. And, you know, we are mathematically speaking, like I just said, we're miracles. 
So we're designed to create miracles. But when I'm in victim thinking or, or in that experience, I can't create. I'm just surviving. I can't thrive. Survive. So the good news is, is that that's a possibility, right? Is that we can do the work to heal. It's painful. I can resonate it. I can resonate with you, Chris, so much. I've also, I've been stuck in a victim mentality for many years, for nearly 20 years, until one day I just opened up because I just couldn't. I couldn't do this anymore. I've been sexually abused. I've been also abandoned my biological father. He didn't, didn't want to do anything with me. I saw him maybe like, three times, three or four times in my life for five minutes. And then being sexually abused from 15 to, uh, to 21 years mm. old, two pregnancies, two forced illegal abortions. And then when I was trying to become a mom, I had now already 16 consecutive miscarriages including two ectopic pregnancies and one ectopic pregnancy. It's where the, the embryo stuck in your fallopian tube. My tube burst and I was bleeding for seven days and it nearly killed me. And I was like, you know, but now I don't feel like this past experience is holding me back. I literally turned it into my superpower. Mm. I, I don't allow my trauma to define mm. me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a power. You're getting your power back. You need to understand that you are responsible for your own life. No one is coming <laughs> to save you. Nice. And what, as, as soon, while I'm telling you this, as soon as my mind shifted, it's like, poof, the world became much brighter the life became much more fulfilled <laughs> i've got my feelings back <laughs> mm. i was able to tell my mom what's happened to me she was the scariest person for mm. me to tell to the scariest mm. you know i, I uh, through facebook i reconnected years ago with uh, the principal of the grade school that I went to. And that's, that's, and she, she's a Catholic nun and she lived in the, the convent, which was right next to the rectory where the priests lived. So she knew the priest whose name I'm not saying very, very, very well. So, so she and I stayed in touch. She's so awesome. She's super great. She was close with my mom, you know, so, uh, I got into a conversation with her recently this past year about it. She had no idea. She had no idea. She was like shocked. She was heartbroken. And I said, sister, it's okay. I'm good now. I did the work. And I want to reiterate that, you know, because I want to be very sensitive to people that are listening to this. The work is hard. The healing work is hard, you know, and um, scary. And worth it. <laughs> Every single bit. Why are you saying it's hard? What, what was the hardest part? Pain. Emotional pain. Deception. Confusion for me. Yeah. It's like, um, how could this happen? How could this happen to me? And getting out of that. So, so, so 
It's a good question you're asking me, really, because hard is really just a judgment. So maybe hard isn't the right word, Anna. Maybe it's just it's painful until it isn't. Painful. That's a, you know what? That's a really good distinction, Anna. Good for you. Thanks for asking that because I disagree with my interpretation of that now. So I, I won't call. So way to go. Yeah, it's not hard. It's painful. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. <laughs> right? It's an experience. It's simply an experience and it's painful. But that doesn't mean it's, it's not suffering. It's just, it's pain. And, you know, one of the coolest things I've ever learned was I learned from my studies. I went to India and studied at a place called the Oneness University. And one of the nuggets that I walked away with from that experience is this. This is so great. Everything, when experienced fully, becomes joy. How sweet is that? Yeah. Tell it again. Everything when experienced fully becomes joy. So there was this exercise they would have us do it, and they call it locking yourself in the room with the tiger. Cause they actually have tiger. <laughs> so like tiger of course is the metaphor for the pain. So you lock yourself mm-hmm. in the room with the tiger and you jump in its mouth and it eats and it hurt, it's going to eat you. And that sucks. So what we do, though, as humans, is we go, we, we go to all the work of avoiding the pain, avoiding the pain, avoiding the pain, right? all kinds of ego games to avoid pain, addictions, you know, humor, reflection, rationalization, all kinds of ego games to avoid the pain, which is unnecessary. Our culture teaches us to run away from the pain, avoid the pain, as opposed to numb, drown in it, run into it. Lock yourself, the, the tiger's the source of the pain. Jump in its mouth. And the paradox is that once you experience that pain fully for as long as it needs to occur, which I'm sure varies tremendously for different people, the pain goes away, the pain dissolves, the pain evolves, which is fascinating. It's an emotion. And when we, the more we try to avoid to feel this emotion, the bigger it becomes, the, the, the stronger it starts in our body and the, the bigger it grows inside us. And then it becomes harder and harder to, to go through this pain. And I love this analogy. You need to lock yourself in the room with a tiger because after this, that's where the magic happens. I recommend doing that, though. If you are really traumatized, I would recommend doing that with a, a trained professional. Because it can Do be re-traumatizing, you. okay? It can be really re-traumatizing. If you don't have support, you know, you, you might be taking yourself down a wormhole there, right, that you may not be equipped to deal masterfully with. So when we were in India... We, we would just like they're, they're, these people are very trained. These teachers are very, very, that's all they've ever done their whole lives. So they're there with you, you know, and you'll, you'll like, you lie on the ground and you think, you use your thoughts to think your way into the painful emotions. Right. That, I mean, that's where it all comes from. Right. We always think our way into emotions. So we think, we use our thinking to get into the emotion. And then they say, Hold that charge. Stop thinking. Hold the charge. The pain, which again, isn't bad. It's simply an experience. Yeah. Until we judge it and go, oh, it sucks. I wish this was over. Now it's suffering. Right? 
So, which is a huge distinction right there, which is don't judge the pain, just experience it. Like when I go to the dentist and they're doing a deep cleaning and I'm like, ow, ow, ow. And my hands are starting to grab onto the, you know, I'm tense. I'm getting all tense. It's a great practice, right? Just go, mm, relax, breathe. Stop judging that sensation of physical pain. Stop judging it. Just experience it as it is, which is like totally freeing. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable shift away from, oh, it sucks, it sucks, this sucks. To, it's an experience. But it was very guided there in India, so we would take hours, you know. But so they would have us think our way, activate the emotional charge, the pain, and then just hold the charge. Notice as you go to the effort of trying to think your way out of it, you know, the ego games, and just get back in, like kind of drowning yourself in the pool of the pain, and then realizing that the pain doesn't govern you. If you like what you said, what you resist persists when you join it. The paradox is it alleviates. Now, this is a super simplification. Okay, so I want again, I want to acknowledge. I'm sure the, there, there are people in your tribe, your audience here, that have experienced severe trauma, a million times worse than my story. You know, if they haven't gotten, like, don't just hear that exercise and think, oh, I'll just go heal myself by locking myself in the room with a tiger. Get find, find, there's so many amazing professionals. We're trained in the healing arts, you know, and, and find them and do the work. It's much easier when you have someone in your corner who I, understands you. No, no judgment. Yeah. Anna, there's zero chance <laughs> that I would be as peaceful, happy, full of gratitude and enthusiasm and successful as I am. And I, I define success as having your life on your terms. If, I, if it weren't for all the healers that I had in my life, that I sought, mm-hmm. that I sought out. Interesting. Now, Please, knowing what you know now, what would you say to your 20 years old self? Mm, that's fun. Right now. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about this before. I would, I would tell him that your success is guaranteed Don't ruin any time with fear. Just stay the path. Stay with your passion. Sharpen your saw. Do the work. And enjoy all of the getting there. Don't ruin it with wishing everything was different. Wishing shit was different. Enjoy the ambiguity. Enjoy the not knowing how it's going to work. And choose all in this. Choose to know that you're going to create, that you are in the process of creating your life as you want it to be. And don't ruin it with so much fear. Love it. Love it. And Chris Doris, one of the world's best mental toughness coaches. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. World's no. best. <laughs> I'm I out mean, of here. No, no, no. I mean, one of us, one, one of the world's best tribe, world's best mental toughness coach. <laughs> Nearly lost you. <laughs> One of one of the tribe. Yeah, look, you know, that's a, that's a big thing, right? That's beautiful. It's like being able to, you know, the, the, the subtitle of my first book is, I think I love it. I, the, the title, I feel like, that's all right. But the subtitle's badass. Confidently stepping into your into own brilliance. Your right? Yes. And being comfortable being the best in the world at your craft. And, it's just, and we're not comparing ourselves to others. I'm just being the best. Exactly. 
it's it, it's it's like with me it's my commitment and by the way world best started with you from you you know this <laughs> so another hashtag world yeah, best yeah. <laughs> being a toughness coach uh, my um my question is what challenges do you still have being human you know byron katie is um one of my favorite teachers i've never met her but i feel like i have because i know people who know her so well like steve hardison and steve chandler this is her and one of my she's got so many amazing lines she's got so many amazing quotes but my favorite one of hers is this until you are able to respond to all of life with enthusiasm your work isn't done what is that so um I am, I am actively reducing the amount of time that passes between an event occurring in my life that is something I wasn't asking for and getting to enthusiasm and creation. I'm shrinking the amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I still have a problem with what is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I scratched my, my eyebrow earlier and I was looking at it. I'm like, dude, are you bleeding? Like on this call. I'm like, why is it so red? I'm like, that sucks. That's me having internal conflict. (laughs) It happens all day long. (laughs) Right? I mean, just think about it. Seriously, this is a cool thing. It's like, think about how much of your life you spend in a state of wishing shit was different. And it's like a lot, if you like get honest. So I'm spending less time and wishing stuff was different. Yeah, I am my first client. I'm a mental coach because I was a whack job. <laughs> I was a train wreck. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. So I have all the same. I still I still resist reality. I still struggle against reality. I just do it a lot less. I do it less today than I did yesterday. And I'll do it less tomorrow than I do today. Because you use your, your own uh, daily dose? <laughs> yes, I, get, I, I signed up for it. <laughs> I seriously, I get it every morning. And I, so it's nice because I get to read it and I forgot that I wrote that one. I'm like, oh, that one's pretty good. Some days I'll read it. I'm like, that one's lazy. But other times I'll read it. I'm like, there's a, there's a spelling error and I get to go fix it. This is a good one. Yeah. So the book we are talking about uh, that Chris wrote, the daily dose start all 365 days of your year with a dose of mental toughness in 30 seconds or less yeah people can get on that list you can have that emailed to you the book was created from the email so it's an actual email that goes out every morning at 6 a.m wherever around 6 7 a.m wherever you are in the world uh and people can sign up for that if they go to my website this is bloody powerful if you're having a not a good day (laughs) it's great because it's like you know it's like here's my copyright and it's just like it's a little you know this mm-hmm. one might take longer than 30 Chris seconds. Is showing us, <laughs> Chris is showing fast. us his book. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'll send the link to this book as well. Or, I'll add yeah. the link. Or, it could, uh, yeah, or, they could, or they could just sign up. The book is fun. But, I mean, getting it in your mailbox every day is really very useful. Chris, where people can find you? Yeah, Christopher Dora. Thank you for asking that, Anna. It's uh, My website is, is, is awesome. I love my website. I'm very proud of it. It's cool. It's fun. It is. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. And, and you, everything's there. So it's ChristopherDoris.com. 
So uh, my last name is D-O-R-R-I-S. So ChristopherDoris.com. And uh, right on the homepage, you can sign up for the Daily Dose. And that, you know, if anybody wanted to reach out to me, uh, you can email me through that website. Contact awesome. me. Awesome. Chris, before we go, do you have any concluding thoughts? Yeah. I'll, it, it's, not, it's something we talked about earlier. Okay. We are, ex- well, I, not in this language. Each of us is, is an, ex- this is my language. Each of us is an expression of divine grace in human form. We are designed, we, we are part of a perfectly flawless operating system, a peaceful cosmos, where even the most cataclysmic event that occurs within it, which is a star going kaboom, that's where the building blocks of life, heavy elements of carbon and oxygen are formulated. So everything's purposeful and right. Right. So magic is all there is. That's the constant in this equation that we call life. The variable is my ability to slow down enough and vibe high enough so that I can co-create with wow. it. Wow. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Doris. Thank you for being here. I know it's not easy, but there is a part of you who is ready to take this journey all the way and I can help. Reach out to me directly at Anna at AnnaMadeNova.com to get to work. You can also connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn for more healing stories and magic. This journey isn't possible to do on your own, so make sure to like, subscribe, and review the podcast so we can help more people like you. If you have someone in your life who is struggling to overcome their trauma, This is something you can give them that truly can change the course of their life forever. We'll see you next time for another episode of the world's best trauma recovery podcast. And just remember, you are able to help yourself and you can do it right now.